Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Yeah, a little hoarse today because I went to see Garth Brooks last night here in Jacksonville. And uh, yeah, a lot of singing and screaming, but an amazing show. But anyway, back to this show. Yeah, we have Jason Leopard, editor of PopularCruising.com. He'll be giving his review of Princess Cruises, Star Princess up in Alaska. We'll also have a listener question about parking at Port Miami. But first, as always, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. So not too good on Carnival Magic right now at a Galveston. Looks like a Texas hospital worker who may have handled Ebola samples is on the cruise. And, well, let's just say things aren't pretty for them. Well, let's just say they've been uh, quarantined since the ship was uh, contacted uh, on Wednesday that uh, this passenger was on board. Mm -hmm. So they have been in quarantine. And the good news is, is that today is day 19, which is at the very tail end of being of, of the scope of showing any symptoms. Hmm. Um, it's normally anywhere from two to ten days uh, is the prime zone of showing the Ebola uh, facts. But uh, now we're at day 19, close to day 21, and uh, so far no signs, which is, which is good news. But uh, the passenger has been quarantined. Uh, the passengers on board the ship have been made aware and uh, they were uh, the ship. At, uh, they were attempting to uh, disembark the passenger in Belize yesterday, but uh, Belize denied the ship from landing. Yeah, they're like hell. Uh, so that didn't work out. So hopefully they'll be able to get them out in uh, Cozumel, Mexico. Wow. So like, so, why are these like health workers still being able to board ships and planes outside this whole twenty-one day period? Though is my question. Well, l- l- let's say they're. Uh, I guess their supervisors are a bunch of dunderheads. Uh, 75 hospital workers that uh, were involved um, essentially are being, uh, you know, had to sign agreements to quarantine themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, you know, befuddles me that uh, this person would be allowed to go on a a cruise. Keep in mind, I mean, you've had other workers who were having mild fevers that she was allowed to go on a plane. Right. So this just shows you another example of, of how well uh, they're they're doing in reacting to this. Yeah, it's but, um, very lax, it seems like. But but uh, I can certainly tell you that the cruise industry is going to be very vigilant mm-hmm. uh, about this going forward. Uh, additional questioning, screening, uh, you know, questionnaires uh, at the time of uh, embarkation. Uh, they are deny they are denying boarding if you are coming from uh, if you have been to one of these Western African nations uh, in the last twenty one days. Uh, they are denying boarding to those uh, uh, you know, passengers. Hmm. So they are going to be very vigilant about this to protect uh, the ships, the crew, and the industry. Very good. Uh, yeah, interesting. Well, let's take a hard right turn here and talk about Norwegian Escape. Uh, they recently had a big or not-so-big reveal a couple of days ago. What's up? Well, they, as you recall, they, they, they noted that uh, they're going to have uh, a new restaurant uh, or additional area for passengers sailing in groups where – they can accommodate up to 100 people wanting to dine together. Mm-hmm. 
their uh, their waterfront and 678 Ocean Place. Uh, I mean, these are features that have been found on cruise ships, uh, you know, for over 15, you know, 10 to 15 years. Right. Um, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about outdoor dining, I mean, Royal Caribbean had that on Voyager of the Seas with uh, Johnny Rockets uh, back on Voyager of the Seas. But uh, I mean, they're they're coming out with uh, some new new things. Uh, the Skyline Bar mm-hmm. uh, looks very interesting. Uh, and for some people, if you've seen the pictures, it looks uh, very familiar. Yeah, <laughs> Disney. Um, innovative, it's not. Uh, I mean, if you've been on Disney Dream or Disney Fantasy, which debuted in 2011 and 2012, uh, you'll notice uh, significant similarities between them. But uh, essentially, it's going to be a, a really nice, it'll be a nice lounge. Interesting. Carnival Vista, their newest and largest upcoming ship. The keel was laid. So uh, what is the status on her? Well, uh, you know, they, they have started construction. And the, uh, the 500-ton uh, block, which is the first piece of the ship that uh, is laid, uh, was done. And uh, she's going to be a little smaller than originally uh, stated. She was supposed to be about 135,000 tons. Uh, now she's going to be about 133,500. But uh, you know, they're still packing them on. She'll be uh, 3,954 passengers. And uh, she'll debut in 2016. And, uh, I mean, this ship will feature all of the Funship 2.0 um, extravagance that they've been installing uh, features on other ships. So this will be the first ship to, to debut with everything. And uh, I'm certain... There's going to be some more surprises uh, that'll be unveiled sometime next year. Princess Cruises, Regal Princess, a little under a month away before it makes its U.S. debut in Fort Lauderdale. And it looks like they've, uh, so the original godparents were going to be, or is going to be, the cast of The Love Boat. But uh, a couple of days ago, they announced uh, even a bigger crowd coming for this. Well, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's very exciting. And, and I'm so thrilled again that Princess is taking this, Direction that uh, they're embracing their roots uh, with the love boat. So we're going to see, you know, Captain Steubing and Gopher and Isaac and Doc and Julie uh, there, along with uh, Jill Whalen, who is Vicky. Um, Aaron Spelling's daughter, Tori Spelling, is going to be there. Aaron Spelling was the the creator of the love boat. Uh, so Tori will be there uh, acting as the uh, MC, the master of ceremony. And they're also going to have a huge cast of. Uh, stars that acted on The Love Boat. I mean, we're going to have Lonnie Anderson, uh, Joyce DeWitt, uh, if you remember from Three's Company, Donnie Most, uh, who was Ralph Mouth on Happy Days, uh, Jamie Farr, who was uh, Klinger on MASH, uh, Florence Henderson, I mean, everyone's favorite mom. Love her. You know, from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> uh, the guy who sang uh, The Love Boat, Jack Jones, will be there. Uh, Peter Brady, um, Christopher Knight will be there. Uh, Lorenzo Lamas, Doug, I know uh, you are a big fan of uh, Renegade. Uh, he'll yes, be there. absolutely. <laughs> Frank Sinatra Jr., this is really going to be an amazing experience. Yeah, I can't wait. The first week in November is going to be so awesome down there. Uh, so Oasis of the Seas, one of the world's largest cruise ships, just got out of dry dock with some massive enhancements. Uh, what did we see for her? Well, she, uh, she was in dry dock for two weeks, and right now she is uh, on her transatlantic voyage uh, returning to Fort Lauderdale. And they've made some massive changes that they really didn't tell too many people about. And, um, you know, I can tell you the, uh, you know, the uh, RCL blog did a phenomenal job essentially taking the old and new deck plans, putting it together to, to illustrate the, the differences, which, of course, I know, Doug, you'll uh, 
put up at uh, cruiseradio.net so people can yeah. see it for themselves. But uh, the Dynamic Dining, is gonna, which is going to be debuting on uh, Royal Caribbean's upcoming Quantum of the Seas, has been installed on Oasis of the Seas. So essentially, the new program is actually going to be uh, debuting on Oasis, not Quantum. But uh, the uh, Opus Dining Room, if you recall, Doug, which was you know, essentially three stories, is uh, no more. Um, on deck three, in the bottom part of the restaurant, they've got the American Icon Grill. Deck four, the Grand. Um, and then heading up to deck five is Silk. So they've got a, you know, the different restaurants, uh, private dining areas. Uh, you know, the, on the port side of the ship has turned to Azumi. Uh, the Diamond Club, which you may recall, which was upstairs, uh, has been moved downstairs and indoor, and it's in a little corner um, of uh, Deck 4's dining room. Um, you know, they've added, uh, they've finally got rid of that dumb cupcake cupboard, which was <laughs> prime real estate on the Royal Promenade, and a colossal waste of space. Um, they, they, they put in a bunch of uh, new restaurants, Kate Spade, Regalia, Michael Kors. But I think some of the most disturbing things they did was they, in some of the public dining rooms, let's say on deck eight, and, and make sure that if you are booking an inside cabin on the ship, make sure you don't get these cabins. But uh, they, they, they took away space from uh, the bathrooms uh, on the, toward the rear uh, near Dazzle's. Uh, whether it was a bathroom, the two the men and women's bathroom there, and they stuck one cabin in there. So you'll you'll feel the shaking uh, from Dazzles, which is a nightclub, and of course people flushing their toilets on the other side of you. So eighty two seventy nine is the uh, the cabin to definitely avoid. Well, that's interesting though how they took out a bathroom, made a cabin there. That's that's uh, very uh, well, I guess. They, they squeezed a lot of cabins. The uh, some presidential suite, the royal suite's now gone. They added more cabins. The concierge lounge on deck eleven. Uh, which also included the chef's table for 12, um, is still there. But on deck 12, the, uh, they, they turned that into another restaurant called Wonderland. Big year for the cruise industry, 2014. Yeah, huge. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to skip this Norwegian jewel one because of time, okay? okay. So, uh, Stuart, we have a listener question for you. Uh, do you mind hanging on and answering it at the end of the show? Look forward to it. All right, man. Thank you. This is Cruise Radio. How many times have you said... That'll never happen to us. Vacations are a big investment with both time and money, and they should be protected. For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip, visit InsureMyTrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We always love getting your cruise reviews. If you have one, just shoot us an email, comments at cruiseradio.net, and we'd love to get you on. We have editor of popularcruising.com, Jason Leopard, with us right now. Jason, how's it going, my friend? 
Doing well. I'm happy to be here, as always. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, glad to have you. And you just returned from an 11-night round-trip San Francisco Alaska cruise on Star Princess. Uh, so let's go back before the cruise, Jason. And what made you want to book this cruise? Because it's kind of unique doing round-trip Alaska out of California. Indeed, yeah. I mean, most of the round-trip cruises, as you know, are out of uh, Seattle, Washington, or Vancouver, and it's a seven-day cruise. So to do it farther south, you have to definitely take more time. But just the convenience of being able to go out of California is great. If you're a local there, you most don't even have to fly, or you can even maybe just drive if you're a little bit farther away. And it's, it's very convenient if you have the extra time to take. Yeah, very good. And what cruise ports did you hit? We did the usual uh, Skagway, Ketchikan, and Juneau, um, mm-hmm. but we also hit Victoria as our foreign port. We'll talk more about these ports a little later on in the program. So let's go to embarkation, Jason. I've never actually embarked out of uh, any California port. So what was the pier like at San Francisco? How was it set up, and how was embarkation? San Francisco could be a little bit nutty. Uh, you basically take off right from the Embarcadero there, and the traffic getting to the pier is a bit of a struggle, I have to admit. But uh, once you do get there, uh, they've had their pier there forever. It's right next to Pier 39, their sort of touristy uh, destination. And it, it was actually pretty smooth. Once we got into the port, very quick and easy. Uh, no complaints at all there. They actually are um, doing their security now on Princess with um, kind of a PDA that actually has a barcode scanner. So that makes it a lot quicker getting on and off now rather than the, the machines that they've had where you had to stick it in yourself, the key card. So that helps a lot. You said uh, the, the PDA. Is that like the, uh, when you're actually getting onto the gangway there? Yeah, so they have kind of like a sort of a smartphone kind of device with oh, a scanner. Awesome. And so it's kind of, yeah, it helps a little bit. So look, that was cool to see. Look at Princess really embracing technology, or at least exactly. the, uh, the, the pier there. Very good. So what were your first impressions of Star Princess? It was really nice. I thought it was in very good shape. I mean, it was built, I believe, in 2002. Um, and aside from a few uh, rust marks on the outside of the ship, very, very well kept up. I was really impressed. You made your way through the ship, made it to your stateroom. So first off, Jason, what kind of stateroom did you have? And what were your impressions? Yeah, we had a balcony stateroom, which is always nice when you're in Alaska. Got to have that private veranda. Mm-hmm. It's great to get out there and see the nature firsthand. Uh, I have to say, I think Princess's beds have actually improved over the years. It was actually more comfortable than I remembered. So that was always nice because I enjoy to sleep in on cruises with sea days. So that was nice. <laughs> what kind of a configuration did you have in your stateroom? Um, it was basically for two. Uh, they don't have uh, thirds in these particular staterooms, but mm-hmm. uh, it was nice to walk in. They have kind of a walk-in closet off to the side, uh, a pretty decent-sized bathroom. The showers are just a tad smaller than I like, um, but all in all, very comfortable. A uh, nice little sitting area with a flat panel television above. And again, the, the veranda, you can never beat that. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned it was a veranda, and you were going to Alaska. and it, Like you were saying, it's a must where if you're not getting a veranda – on an Alaska cruise, you're really, really missing out. Uh, what's were you like uh, on one of the like port side, starboard side, or did you have an aft balcony? We were on the starboard side, okay. and the thing that's kind of neat about Princess's uh, ships is they're kind of terraced, like uh, almost like a birthday cake. It's kind of mm-hmm. uh, terraced that way. And uh, for some people, I mean, you might have a room where you have somebody looking over you, but it's kind of neat to kind of see the whole perspective of the ship where you're out maybe in Glacier Bay and you see everybody out on deck uh, in their verandas, just looking at everything. It's just a really neat uh, vantage point just to see everybody enjoying it and taking it all in. It's pretty cool. Yeah, because the staterooms are, if I recall, uh, they're kind of staggered, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of stair-stepped up uh, along the superstructure. Yeah, there you go. So you get all settled into your stateroom, Jason, and make your way up to the food court or the Horizon Court, as Princess calls it. What were your impressions of the Horizon Court and then move into the main dining room and then specialty restaurants? 
Yeah, sounds good. Definitely the food selection was really good up there. Uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner they have for casual uh, dining, which is nice if you don't want to get dressed up maybe on a formal night. And just selection was really good. We actually found ourselves going to the Horizon Court more often than the main dining room just because it was nice after a day of touring. Just go up there more casually. Um, also, we love the pizza outside around the pool. Uh, probably ate more pizza than I should have, but it was really tasty. As is their grill. They have a great selection of hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, even uh, bratwurst and uh, that kind of thing. And down into the main dining room, again, very good. Uh, but it was just, you know, the convenience for us that we really enjoyed the uh, Horizon Court. But, you know, the thing that was great about this itinerary is with the 11 days and leaving from San Francisco is the heavy touring is really bookended by sea days. You have two sea days heading north and two sea days heading back south. So mm-hmm. even though you have your heavy touring while you're in Alaska, you have plenty of time just relaxing, going up there and coming back, which is awesome. I love that. Now, I know you've been on over 70 cruises, Jason. So tell me, yeah. what was your thoughts of Princess's Pizza? Oh, you know, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. I have to say there are very few that can beat Princess. It's really good. How about the specialty restaurants? Did you hit Crown Grill or Sabatini's at all? Yeah, we hit both. We had Crown Grill, uh, which was really, I think, a top-notch uh, grill on board. We, I actually had Surf and Turf, a really good-sized filet, a really great cut of meat, and a really ample portion of lobster. I was really happy. Uh, even during uh, the days at sea, they have uh, their pub lunch that takes place there where you can get fish and chips and your mushy peas and mm-hmm. uh, bread pudding. So always tasty there. I, uh, I was a big fan of their 22-ounce porterhouse at Crown Grill. Oh, you know, I've gotten that on Holland America before, so I decided to uh, withhold a little bit on Princess this time. You know, Holland America's is actually one ounce larger, too. Theirs is 23 ounces. Yeah, it's crazy. And, uh, Princess is 22. I was like, wow. I'm, I felt like yeah. I was in heaven there. How about Sabatini's? Sabatini's is tasty. Um, you know, we were kind of expecting there to be a little bit more pasta. It looks like they've changed their menu away from that. Now it's a lot more uh, fish um, and a couple steak options. But the entrees that they had were very tasty. They have a pasta of the day that they offer. Ours was a short rib pasta, which was really good. And uh, really happy with that. The, the specialty restaurants on board were really solid. Just really great food. So before we move on to entertainment, Jason, uh, let's go back to the two specialty restaurants. Uh, do you remember the uh, surcharge for both of them? Yeah, the surcharge was $25, which I think is very worth it for uh, what you get. Definitely uh, recommended. Very good. So let's move on to entertainment because uh, one thing Princess does have is uh, they have some cool entertainment. You know, it's it's not my favorite, but I, I don't dislike it. What were your thoughts? Yeah, the thing that struck me the most was how much variety of entertainment they have mm-hmm. each evening. They actually had quite a bit uh, to choose from. Uh, every night seemed to have some sort of production show in the main show lounge and the cabaret act in the back or vice versa. Sometimes they actually switched it. They put a production show in the smaller uh, cabaret room, which I thought was kind of interesting because it really filled up and it was almost not enough room for it. But uh, the thing I would say is the individual shows themselves are not as lavish as they might be on some of the other cruise mm-hmm. lines. But the fact that you have so much choice was actually quite impressive. So I think that's good for everybody on board to have that selection to go from. Anything really stick out to you? Um, you know, the comedians were not as funny as, like, say, I would say a carnival, mm-hmm. uh, but they're still enjoyable. Uh, the singers were really good. I have to say the singers were really good. Um, I would probably like to see a little bit more set design and that kind of thing on stage. But right. all in all, you know, nothing to complain about. The outdoor areas of a cruise ship really tells a lot about the ship and can actually define the ship when you have as many sea days as you did, Jason. Um, yeah. And especially with Princess, they have the movies under the stars. And so uh, space is very important outside. So let's talk about the outside areas during the sea days. Did you find it flowing easily or were there any like areas of mass congestion? 
You know, it wasn't too bad. The one thing that seems to be odd on all Princess ships that I found, for whatever reason, is the elevators are very slow. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, that seemed to be the only place where congestion was an issue. But once you're on deck that you like to be on that uh, particular level, the movement was pretty easy. Um, the movies Under the Stars, like you say, Over the Pool, great feature. I had a chance to see uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier again. Love that movie. So that was cool to have that on board. It's just a nice feature to be able to go out there. You know, We would go to the Lido Buffet, like I said, for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, have a little bit of a relaxing evening and then check out a movie. Uh, that's great. They also have popcorn and uh, warm cookies and uh, fresh milk ready to go. So that's always cool. What were your thoughts of the movies Under the Stars as far as the sound and the element and everything? It was pretty cool. I mean, occasionally on a dialogue scene, the, the sound was maybe a little bit too low for my taste. But uh, kind of the action scenes, it was definitely enough. Uh, another thing I really like about the outdoor areas on board the Star Princess is they actually have a promenade deck that doesn't only wrap around the entire ship, but actually wraps to the very tip of the bow, mm-hmm. which is a really cool feature. So if you want to be out like during Glacier Bay and get a really cool view and different vantage point, that's the place to be. I think that's a great feature that no other ships have besides this class, and that's just great. And on the ports you hit on this sailing, you hit Juno, Ketchikan, Skagway, Glacier Bay, and Victoria. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Okay. So uh, let's go back to Glacier Bay then because you were talking about the, uh, the catwalk that kind of wraps around the front of the ship there. Uh, how was the Glacier Bay experience and what did Princess do to kind of uh, enhance the experience? Like was there any like naturalist on board? Yeah, they had a naturalist on board giving the commentary, and we went to, basically we came into Glacier Bay a little bit later. There was actually a medical emergency on board our ship. They had to evac someone, uh, which was definitely you know happy to take that time for the, sure. the passenger that needed it. Um, but when we did get in there, we made it to Marjorie Glacier, which is sort of the largest one in the bay. And uh, the naturalist spoke, and we were all out on deck. We were uh, ourselves in the, the our veranda on the prominent, or I'm sorry, on our stateroom. And that was just a great vantage point and didn't have as much calving as we have had on the, in the past. But, uh, you know, Glacier Bay on the, the weather we had was just clear as can be. So just a fantastic view of everything that day. It was really nice. As far as your land-based ports, Skagway, Juno, Ketchikan, which one was your favorite and what really stuck out to you? I've always been a fan of Skagway just because it's a, you know, it's like a time capsule there. It's, it just looks like it did when it was the Gold Rush era. Uh-huh. Uh, on this particular trip, we did the longer uh, narrow gauge train that they have there. They have the White Pass and Yukon route railway. And we've done that in the past where it's the round trip and it only goes so far. But this time we did the one way all the way to Carcross. And that was fantastic just to be on the train longer than we have in the past. And again, the weather, we just, we were really lucked out on this cruise. The weather was just clear as can be. And just really, I think it was like the 70s. It was really toasty and just perfect. Do you have any been there, done that tips for either Star Princess or Alaska? I would say if you're going to Alaska, certainly the first thing you need to do is book a veranda stateroom. That's Mm -hmm. a must. Um, beyond that, I would just say know that the weather is unpredictable. It, we had great weather, and it's not always going to be that way. It does rain quite frequently, but no matter the weather, you're going to have a great time. Just be prepared to have the right coverings for it. So definitely uh, have the bundled up weather or the bundled up uh, clothing so that uh, you're ready and prepared. I have to say, coming from Florida, whenever I went out there, you know, I don't own a lot of. I own, I own like a sweatshirt. We don't exactly, have jackets exactly. here, or so I get out there onto the glacier, and the guys like, "Are you sure you just want to wear a sweatshirt up there?" I'm like, "It's all I yeah. have. I live in Florida. I wasn't right. expecting, you know, like subarctic temperatures." So he's like, "Here, use my jacket to uh, 
to go up there. So I went up there and it was a tour guide jacket. So everyone was asking me all these questions about the glacier. He's like, these kids were coming up to me. So mister, how high are we right now? Can we drink the water? Where does the water come from? So I'm just like shooting from the hip actually answering these questions. It was, uh, <laughs> awesome. it was quite comical. So uh, in closing yeah. here, Jason, uh, what are your final thoughts of Star Princess? Just a great ship. Uh, for its age, it still stands out as a very modern design and really like it. So it's definitely a recommendation of mine to uh, take to Alaska. We've been talking with editor of PopularCruising.com and the PopularCruising.com podcast. Check them both out there. We'll also link to it in the show notes uh, this week's episode. Jason, my friend, good talking to you, man, and safe travels. Likewise. Thank you, sir. Have a question for the experts, or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always like getting your questions. If you have a question for Cruise Guy, just email comments at cruiseradio.net. Uh, this next question from Joe Tolley in Charlotte, North Carolina on Twitter. He says, hey, Cruise Guy and Cruise Radio, off-port parking in Miami. I've read some real horror stories. Should I use it or should I suck it up and pay the 20 clams a day at Port Miami? Well, Doug uh, and Joe, I'd say the difference is uh, do you want to see your car <laughs> <laughs> in its current condition? or you don't. Uh, it, it really becomes uh, an investment of time to get over uh, to and from this off-site parking and whether or not uh, you'd like to see the uh, car in its current condition when you return. Uh, I, I too have heard stories, but uh, you know there are other alternatives. There could be some hotels that uh, you could spend uh, a night or two in that uh, you can just leave your car there and but you know again you're spending you know ten fifteen twenty dollars a day anyway so you know leaving it in a garage right at the ship might just be uh, definitely worthwhile. Very good. You have a question for Stuart? Email comments at cruiseradio.net and he'll answer it on the air for you. Stuart, you're on the Cruise Guy. Found at cruiseguy.com. Thank you, my friend. You got it, Doug. That'll do it for this episode of Cruise Radio. Thank you so much for being here and making us a part of your day. We really do appreciate it. Uh, don't forget you can find us online, cruiseradio.net. We also have that new player there. Uh, you can actually listen to, like, what do we have? 260? Is it 260? Yeah, like 260-something shows. You can browse right there from the homepage at cruiseradio.net. From the insuremytrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by AlaskaCruises.travel. Looking for the best deal on an Alaska cruise? Look no further than AlaskaCruises.travel, where you can shop and compare itineraries, read reviews, watch videos, and more. Visit AlaskaCruises.travel today. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.